And welcome back to Coast to Coast with Lynn McTaggart. And as we talk about incredible intention experiments, we'll take your calls as well. Lynn, I want to relay a story to you and get your thoughts on this. Uh, Several years ago, I was at an event in Las Vegas with uh, Tom Danheiser, our producer. And uh, after the event was done, we wanted to kill a little time and play some blackjack. And uh, while we were there, we were sitting at a special blackjack table that had a wheel and it had all little numbers on it. And if you ever got a blackjack and you put a dollar in this little circle, you got to have the wheel spun and whatever it landed on, you would get that prize, whatever it would be. And there was another guy at the table. So there's three of us there. And so Tom and I got a blackjack. We had a little dollar in the circle, and we were allowed to spin the wheel. And we spun it, and it's clicking to the biggest prize of the wheel, which was $200. And it's clicking along. Click, 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 click. And I'm telling Tom, concentrate on it, Tom. Think about it. Think about it. And it's getting closer to the 200 The third guy said, ah, this won't work. It stopped one click from $200. We got like a dollar back. Did did he screw us up? <laughs> he could well have done so. I mean, because the other thing that he might have done is uh, put the possibility of failure in your mind, too. Um, and in a sense, you were a group there. So and all focusing on it. So it could well be. Uh, here's another fun thing to think about. Uh, when it has to do with gambling. Um, Dean Radin, the uh, mm-hmm. scientist who works with the Institute of Noetic Sciences, did a study many years ago looking at gambling wins in Las Vegas. And he looked at all kinds of things from blackjack to uh, to the machines, et cetera, et cetera, the slot machines. Slots. And he found that when there were certain lunar positions, whether it was a full moon or a new moon, people would win more. And it was it continued to be the case. He studied it through all kinds of situations. So maybe you didn't have a new moon or a full moon. That could, could be. That as well. I've had a guest named Joseph Gallenberger. I don't know if you know Joe, but uh, he does intention experiments in Las Vegas with groups of people. And he is convinced that it works, that if you bring people who are lucky and happy and having a good time, they're going to win more than the negative people and stuff. And uh, you had mentioned that if you're a non-believer in the event, it may not happen. Why is that? Oh, absolutely. I think belief is a really important element. Well, again, if consciousness affects matter, and we know it does now, if your consciousness is negative and you're saying, well, it won't work, well, that's more likely to come true as well. So as you say, all this positivity, this connection, you have to believe and you have to be part of it. I mean, one of the things I talk to people about is, is um, and one of the reasons that I give so much science in providing, you know, information about intention is so that Western mind will believe. You know, Western mind needs proof, and people really look to science to give them some sort of proof that something actually works. 
So I've demonstrated it with so many different elements, whether the intention experiments, the small power of eight groups, even, you know, my my more recent work is on healing trauma with intention and Mm. doing intention backward in time. And we found that also works too. We get amazing results. But it, it, it does start with belief. If you are, because if you don't believe, you are intending in a way too. You're sending out negative intention. This is one of the things we teach people who are, you know, who have some sort of past pain or trauma. We tell them, look, your thoughts, your 70,000 thoughts a day, they become an intention. And if you're constantly thinking, I'm not good at this, or this won't work, or something like that, that's an intention too. And that's what that's what you are creating in your world too. That's what you're creating in your patterns in your life. So with your, your people who are going to Las Vegas, if they're all believing in positive, that it's going to that they're going to have success, they are more likely to do so. Let's go to the phones. Let's go to Bridget in Minnesota to get things started east of the Rockies. Hi, Bridget. Hi. Uh, I was wondering, I have FASD, and uh, if, if that's a genetic kind of thing, is there a way to, to get that fixed with uh, intention? What, what is it that you have? Uh, fetal alcohol spectrum disorder. Right. Okay. Okay. Wow. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, I think I've seen intention work for just about any condition or certainly improve things. So I would really recommend that if you can get a group together to do intention and be very specific about what areas you want to improve instead of just the general thing about improving your whole situation, improve certain symptoms you have one at a time and see what happens. Is prayer intention as well, Lynn? Well, prayer has a religious connotation to it. And also it's essentially a supplication, George. So it's saying, God, thy will be done. You decide. With intention, it's more of a secular gentle request to the universe. I'd like this very specific thing to happen. So it has a lot of similarities in prayer, and I certainly looked at prayer when I've written about intention, but intention is something a bit different. Thomas in La Jolla, California. Hi, Tom. Go ahead. Hi, George. Hey, I'm Lynn McTaggart. Thank you for all of the work that you do. Um, comment and then a question. Um, I listened to your audio lectures uh, published by Sounds True. One is called Living the Field. Another one is called Living with Attention. And it's about 18 hours of lectures. You give experiments that the, you know, anybody listening can do. Um, One of your lectures, you talked about how time may not be etched in stone, so to speak. You know, we think that there's a past, you know, and a present. But that, um, and you cite many experiments like uh, Robert John at uh, the Pear Institute where they take random number 
generations. They archive them. And then, you know, like five years later, they focus an intention on that, and the random number generating changes. You know, it shouldn't, you know, if we think that the past is fixed. Mm -hmm. And um, also about healing, that um, we think of things, you know, like for injured, that it's fixed. It happened in the past. You know, it's a given. But maybe it's not a given, is what you're implying, that maybe we can go back to the inception of the injury and then work toward the present, you know, in terms of uh, revising the past. I was wondering if you would speak about that. Is the past fixed? or? Yeah, absolutely not. Um, first of all, all of today's modern quantum physicists say there's no such thing as time, that time is much more like one being smeared out now. Carlo Rovelli, the famous uh, Italian physicist, now says that. Um, and most do. They realize that humans create linear time and that we have a, an idea of time, but our, there's nowhere in our brains that understands time. And also, get this, when somebody has um, amnesia, so they can't remember the past, they have a real problem uh, trying to imagine the future. So it's all mixed up in the brain. But I have seen, I've done many experiments with individuals and worked with individuals using intention to heal something in the past. It's something that I do a lot of now, and I'm, I'm working on in retreats. And what we do is we go back to that seed moment, as you were talking about, and we focus on not changing what happened, but changing our own energy around what happened. And we have remarkable things. So, for instance, with an illness, I had a woman once in one of my workshops who had vitiligo. She, you know, didn't have pigment on her skin and or she had, you know, lost pigment in her skin as a result of an illness. So I had her go back to the illness in her head and imagine just focus on a different response to the, that illness. And I swear to you, she said in the workshop, my skin is starting to repigment now. Wow. So that was one case. But we've also seen it with trauma and past pain. I had a woman in a retreat of mine recently, at Lee, who had this really difficult relationship with her father you know, and had all kinds of horrible things that had happened that she had been quite traumatized by. And she had a really difficult relationship with him. And so I had her go back to the past and say what she wished she could have said to him. Don't change what he did. Change her response. And it completely transformed her relationship with him so that he died recently, and she thought she was going to have all kinds of anger around it, but she didn't. She was able to wish him well on his next journey, 
and be completely at peace and not have to carry that heavy load. So I see it over and over again that you can use intention to heal not only the present but also the past. Linda, do you think intention goes to the divine creator to get things done or not? Where does it go when we're sending it out into the ether? Where does it go? Wow, that is a big question, George. Um, When we're sending it out into the ether, I like to think of us as sending it to the field. Mm -hmm. Um, And the field being, you can call the field consciousness, you can call the field God. Uh, You can call, you know, because I think of, I'm a, a spiritual person, a very spiritual person. I don't necessarily think of a man with a white beard. I think of a big universal consciousness being my God. And so I think we're speaking to that. We're speaking, of course, to a higher power. And it is whatever your conception of that higher power is. But we are working with it and working to change the field. Let's go to Sherry in Missouri. Welcome to the program. Hi, Sherry. You there? Um, I hear you. Hi, Cheryl in Washington, Missouri. Go ahead, Cheryl. Okay. All right. um, My middle name is Lynn, and my last name is Tiger. So cool beans on your name, girlfriend. It's it's close. Almost the same name. (laughs) No, I know. I'm calling about the power of eight. Um, My sister and I, uh, our dad had a heart attack. We live here, and welcome back to Missouri, to George. We live in Missouri, so we drove down to um, Biloxi, Mississippi, just because anytime you had a heart attack, go to support our mom and, you know, make sure that it's going to be okay and kind of, you know, check with the doctors, show support, that kind of deal. So um, he was all right. Went over to my, uh, our little sisters and her husband was a very religious person. And it was kind of like, you know, we kind of welcome there. So it was before cell phone. We drove you know, we just drove. We couldn't get in touch with our husbands to get like Western Union at that moment. And we just kind of started to sleep under a bridge. Hey, eight, we had $8 in our pocket. And it was like, you know what? You know, forget sleeping under here. There's casinos here. Let's go to the casino. So we went there, invested that $8, and won 80 bucks, enough money to get back. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's, a, there's intention for you, Lynn, right there. There you go. Brilliant. Wonderful. Ironically, I just had a guest on talking about gambling addictions, so we're not promoting that, but uh, it does seem to work with intentions. In this. Absolutely, absolutely. Have you found, Lynn, that little children have the ability as well? Oh, yes. I mean, I've had um, students of mine who have been working with children with meditation and various other things and using intention and they're very open to it, as they're open to imagination and any other kind of thing like this. I think that they are closer to it because they haven't developed a lifetime of skepticism and doubt and doubting themselves as adults have. Norm in St. Louis. Take it away, Norm. Hey, great show. Uh, Thank you, I got sir. A, uh, a comment about the, uh, the the football player from Pittsburgh, the running back, with his uh, focus and positive thinking. And then uh, 
And then when I uh, say something about the Bible and uh, the spiritual end of it aspect, uh, but uh, back in 96, I got put my name in a raffle at a gas station. I got drew for a field goal contest with the Rams, and I ended up winning the first round. You had to run over to like 10 yards across and grab a ball and a tee out of a 50-gallon drum, set it up, and so I, I beat seven guys and went to the finals, but I'd practice up in the park, you know, because it was like a 25-yard field goal, so it wasn't a gimme. But uh, I kicked like six, and some of the guys didn't get any. But the night before I went to the finals, you know, uh, uh, against the other best of uh, the 18, uh, eight players, you know. So anyway, I, I did that. I laid in bed, and I just focused my attention. I said, you're going to be calm. You're going to go in there. You're going to kick this like you know how you can kick. And so, bada bing, bada boom, got to that game. There's 42,000 people against the Vikings last game of the year. And bam, I kicked like six in. And That's pretty good. Brand new Purcell. But uh, yeah, so it was the highlight of my life. My dad was there and everything. But uh, I, uh, on the spiritual end of it, it's like, uh, you know, God has, uh, let's say, uh, he puts out, you know, there's verses in the Bible that are, I would say, like guarantees. And you don't even have to be a Christian or a believer or whatever. You can be an atheist or Muslim, whatever. It doesn't matter. Those those, those, those um, purposes are going to come through, like you reap what you sow and whatnot. So, uh, you know, there's verses all in the Bible about uh, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can move a mountain out. that take a lot of faith. But Well, that's true. You're basically right. Lynn, we're coming up to the break pretty soon, but that old saying, what goes around comes around, what, does that work with intention? Yeah, and speaking of the Bible, you know, in the Acts, Jesus talked about, you know, when Jesus had talked to his disciples, he said, pray together and you will heal and you will be healed. And for me, that was a real acknowledgement that we have power in small groups. When we have that was the power of 12. And that it says it over and over again to pray essentially with one accord, but the way it was in the original was pray passionately and with one voice. And so that, I think, is a real statement about group intention. Lynn's websites are linked up at coasttocoastam.com, and we're talking about some of her work. One of her latest books was The Power of Eight, Harnessing the Miraculous Energies of a Small Group to Heal Others, Your Life, and Your World. But she also wrote the award-winning The Field and The Intention Experiment as well. And um, you full information at her website. And we'll be back to wrap things up with her on Coast to Coast AM. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you along with Lynn McTaggart. And again, our websites are linked up at coasttocoastam.com. Lynn, I want to thank you for doing what you do because I really believe you're onto something in a big, big way. Thank you, George. Well, I think what's really interesting is the power of groups and how needed they are. Um, What I find all the time is that people are so hungry for community. And the idea of a small group that have your back, that um, are rooting for you, are praying for you, essentially, 
is amazingly strengthening. And it, I, it, it really is, Lynn. It's, it's one of those uh, unbelievable things, and you've come across it. I want to thank you for it. And again, come back any, any time. Folks, as you well know, five years ago on this date, April 13th, Art Bell passed away at the age of 72. It was a moment that uh, we just kept shaking our heads when the story kept coming in. We didn't believe it and uh, sadly found out that it was true. The special tribute and a dedication of this program to his memory, of course, and who could forget his call that he got that day. I'm going to read you a fax that I've got here, and I would like everybody to not call my wild card line. Please, if you're calling the wild card line, hang up, and I'm going to tell you why. Here's what I've got. Art, answer the wild card line. My boyfriend is in a small plane north of Las Vegas and is ready to fly into Area 51. He has been trying to call you by cell phone. Now... It's signed by a name, and I'm not going to give that name, so I will know when the person, the right person calls me on the phone. But I'm, whether or not you're able to get through to me, I would like to tell you that two things may occur if you try to fly into Area 51. One, you will be forced down and interrogated and probably arrested as the least case. Or worst case, you will be shot down. And so I'm telling you, you should not do this. But if you're already in the air and you really want to call in, you go ahead and call me now on the wild card line. And if you verify the person who signed their name here at the bottom, I will verify you as the person who sent the fax or the boyfriend of that person. And I will put you on the air. Uh, again, let me tell you, Art, answer the wild card line. My boyfriend is in a small plane north of Las Vegas, ready to fly into Area 51. He's been trying to call you by cell phone. And uh, here he is. Uh, you're on the air. Hello. Hello there. Is this Art Bell? Yes, sir, it is. Yeah, my name, uh, I won't give you my last name. For okay, uh, wait, wait a minute, sir. Hold on. The, the fax is signed by somebody named who? Jill. Jill, that is correct, so you are the one. That's my girlfriend. Uh, yes, sir. Where are you? Well, I'm up here from Fort Worth in my little airplane. It's a long sea I built myself. It's a Burt Rutan design with the Ford Canard. I'm not sure if you know the kind. It's an experimental aircraft. No, I'm not. that, but not anymore. No, tell me about it. What kind of airplane is it? Well, it's a long, easy. It's got 120 horsepower, like homing in it, but we had it bored and stroked and fixed it up a little bit. It uh, usually flies around 140 to 160 indicated airspeed. I'm right now at 7,000 feet. You know where this place called Indian Springs is? Indian Springs, yes. Yeah. Well, I've been flying now for about 45, 49 minutes here between Beatty, is that what you call it, and Indian Springs. And I figure I'll just uh, go on up here and uh, try to get into this Area 51. I'm right south of this Nevada test site, or Nellis Air Force Base. Listen. And I'm right outside this restricted zone. Listen to me. When you fly, I'm, when you fly into that zone, yeah. they are going to either force you down or shoot you down. Don't you know that? Well, you know, I've 
been in a lot of Air Force bases, and I've been in the Air Force for many years. I'm an ex-Air Force, but I'm just going to tell you that, you know, uh, as American citizen, we have the right to know what's up there in this Area 51. And I've been listening. You boys talk about this. Hold on here. I'm making a turn. And, uh, just a second here. And I'm, uh, and I'm going to go on up there and see what's going on. And I just wanted to let you know about that before I do that, don't you know? How long... Um, how long do you estimate it's going to be before you... Um, I think about 14, 12, 14 minutes. I can crank this baby up a little bit here. Let's do that. Let's crank this thing on up. we got some pretty good mountains here off to my uh, west, don't you know? I'm turning up north right now, and I can see uh, I can see the Air Force base out there in the distance. It's uh, got three runways. It looks like they're all lit up. And uh, A-shaped. It's like north-south. Got a lot of desert up here, don't you, boys? A lot of desert, yes. A lot of desert. Oh, uh, you're liable to get yourself killed. I'm sorry, sir. You have to speak so loud. I cranked this engine all the way up here. I hope I said, I said you're liable to get yourself killed. Well, we'll get up there in a few minutes, yeah, and we're just going to see what's going to happen because this is a. I've, I've got uh, uh, red crosses painted on this baby, and I got hospital on it. See. And maybe they're going to think that I'm on a, some kind of a mercy flight and I'm just off course. And I've got the radios cut off because you can have radio failure, don't you know? And so uh, I'm going to hold this thing steady here about around 65, 6,800 feet. Why are you doing this? Why are you I'm doing this? I'm going to get to the bottom of this. I'm a American. Uh, my family has been American for years. And I'm going to get down in here and I'm going to find out what's happening. All right, then why, why are you doing it at night? Because that's the best way to get in here. But you know, even if you manage, even if you manage to overfly the area, what I'm do you? I'm in the restricted zone. I just entered the restricted zone. I see a bunch of lights out there. Looks like some kind of a search light coming on. You're in the restricted zone now. I just crossed that restricted zone. I'm going to drop this thing down. Hold I'm telling here. you, you're going to get shot down. Hold on here now. I got my pressure suit on. I don't really need one of this kind of aircraft. It's not like a jet, but it helps to. When I make some tight turns here, and I'm going to cut down here. Now, let's see what these boys are going to do. I don't see anybody coming up here yet. I just see a bunch of lights. But uh, I'm pretty far from that Area 51. I figure about another eight, nine minutes here. And uh, it's hard to calculate it right now trying to talk to you. I'm trailing an antenna out here about 30 feet so I can keep this phone conversation. If we get cut off. Then, uh, but I'm going to go up here and see what's going on. They say there's a bunch of UFOs and there's all kind of things out here. And we're going to, I want to get this baby right down here about a thousand feet. And we're going to see if there's any UFOs or anything out here, what's going on. Listen, I think you're making a mistake. Well, sir, I might be, you know, but, uh, you know, our tax dollars pay for all this. And these boys, they've been hiding everything under all this black project and all this uh, great funding and all this kind of thing. Don't you think, don't you, sir, hold it, hold it, hold it. Don't you think that we have a right to national security secrets? Uh, I think we have, not really, because you know they have these uh, K-11 and K-15 satellites up there, and the Russians, they know what we're doing, and the Chinese, they've got satellites down here. They know what's going on. The only thing they don't know what's going on is the common folks like me and you. And us common folks got a right to know because we're funding all this. How long have you been planning this? I got this thing down here by a thousand feet. I've been planning this thing now. 
I'm right on the deck, not quite on the deck. I'm at a thousand feet. Boy, they got my boat popping up everywhere. I'm telling you, they got search lasers, about four of them on here. And I've been planning this now for oh, anywhere from a month to six weeks. It took me a while to paint up the plane because I had to use that uh, Imron. The only thing was stick to this gel coat I got on this thing. This thing's built out of Kevlar and carbon fiber. I got it stressed, AG positive, Gen G snake. It's overbuilt. I tell you what, I'm going to get down here and sperm like a little frog that's been stepped on by a big dog when I get down here. A few minutes here, I'll tell you that. Because I'm not going to... Hey, looks like there's a F-16 coming up here. I wouldn't be surprised. You're making a hey, mistake. scrambling somebody down there. He's got some afterburners on because I can see him. He's about five miles out. That old boy is cranking. Yes, oh. sir. And I see something opening up here on the ground. It's uh, I'm pretty low now. I'm starting to pick up all kind of buildings down here. I see something here is level with the with the ground, and this they're opening this thing up. There looks like something's coming up out of that. I can't tell you what it is. It must be on some kind of a. Uh, uh, hold on here. I got I got to make this turn. All right. I think this old boy's going to head up here for me. I wouldn't be surprised. Oh, he's going to be up here right directly because he's in F-16. Sure as hell. He's coming. Oh, hold on here. <laughs> I would advise you to turn your... Hold on your... in here. We, we can do this. I would advise you to turn on your radio. Come on, baby. Come on, baby. Come on, baby. We can do this now. Come on here. Hold on. This old boy's coming up here. Now, he's got his lights. He's got his lights on and he's flashing me. Yeah, he's probably... Right, I'm waving at him. No radio, no radio. No radio. He don't know that. Well, if I were you, I'd turn I it on. I folks are listening to Art Bell, because everybody listens to Art Bell. Oh, well, Lord, maybe if, if, if you're making... i got to get some air speed. You're making a bad calculation, because if they're not listening, you're going to be shot down. I don't know what he's going to do here. He's rocking his wings at me right now. This, uh, He's rocking his wings, and he's cutting in front of me. And you know this... Uh, Oh, don't cut in front of me now, because if he cuts that close, stay off. Stay off. He get his uh, vortex from his engine, from Pratt & Whitney engine. We're going to, just like twin tornadoes, if he gets too close, stay off, boy. Hold on here. I'm getting down on the deck. I'm going in. I'm getting down there. He ain't going to get me. I'm fed down veteran. He ain't going to get me there. They didn't get me over there. They're not going to get me over here now. Looks like some kind of rail guns coming up out of that elevator, uh, that flat uh, area over there that the doors opened up. It's got some kind of a, a weird-looking barrel on it with a light. And, uh, oh, hell, they're doing something. They're shooting at me now. Oh, God. No, baby, I'm going in. I think I'm going in. Well, I'm not sure what we just heard. All I can tell you is I got a fax that read, Art, answer the wildcard line. My boyfriend is in a small plane north of Las Vegas and ready to fly into Area 51. He's been trying to call you by cell phone. I withheld the signature at the bottom of the fax so I could be sure 
that if I did get the person, I could verify it. Indeed, it was signed by Jill. Now, whether what you just heard was a hoax or the real thing, I have no way of telling you, and I have no way of knowing. You tell me. One of the classics, and of course, the song Thanks for the Memories was inspired by art. Thanks for the memories of things we can't forget. An alien in a net, the wondrous shows around the clock that never seem to stop. How lucky we were. Hey, Art Bell, I want to tell you. Thanks for the memories The time you glued your lips We almost did a flip The UFOs and Bigfoot shows We never ever skipped How lucky we were Now since you're gone We wake up To weekends you used to shake up we long for the sound of your laughter And the pictures of cats that purr And thanks for the memories Of every show a thrill It's better than a pill We've lived a lot and learned a lot We loved you so and still We miss you so much hey, this George Norrie did. Ain't that something? Thanks for the memories of how we used to think, even with a drink. That night you took us on a ride, it almost turned us pink. We miss you so much. Thanks for the memories of JC screaming hate. The time he lost his mate The search for Mel's hole Deep within our soul How lucky we were Gone are your evenings in the desert But the show you created will go on So we remember forever Wish that you were talking on And thanks for the memories Of radios we bought Sea Crane's website that we sought Campfire nights, the spooky frights The theories that you taught How lucky we were And thanks for the memories they say grown men never cry Well, art, that's just a lie So we say goodbye, my friend With a gasp and sigh And thank you so much Hey, this is Bob calling from the Great Beyond Hope Saying so long, Art Bell Ain't that something? Classic. 72 years old. Art Bell gone. It's been five years. For Dan Galanti, Tom Danheiser, Lisa Lyon, Lex Lonehood, Sean LaDessure... Stephanie Smith, Chris Burroughs, Tim Benall, George Knapp, Ian Punnett, and Art Bell. I'm George Norrie, somewhere out there on Coast to Coast AM. We'll see you on our next edition. Until then, be safe, everyone. <laughs>